Hello and welcome everyone. Glad you can join us. I'm Shan Khanna, a Wharton MBA student. And on the Wharton FinTech podcast, we have Ron Foranta, who is the founder and chairman of the Wall Street Blockchain Alliance. This is an industry group and a nonprofit trade association which promotes the adoption of blockchain technology and crypto assets in the financial sector. Thanks for joining us, Ron. Thank you for having me. So to get us started, would you mind sharing with us how you got involved in the blockchain space? Sure, absolutely. I've been involved in the blockchain space and the crypto asset space since probably sometime in mid-2012 to late-2012. And around that time, I got a call from a colleague. And so many of my colleagues in financial markets have similar stories. But I received a a phone call from a colleague who was working at a pretty significant fund. Uh, And he calls me up one day and he says, Ron, I, I need your help. I think I'm in trouble, which is always a a scary way to start a conversation in financial markets. And I said, what's, what's wrong? And he said that he had a fund customer that wanted him to invest in something called Bitcoin, but he didn't know what it was and he thought it was illegal and could I help him? And ever since then, I've been pretty deeply immersed in both this perspective that crypto assets are, including things like Bitcoin, are here to stay as well as the overarching evolution of blockchain technology across global markets. Okay. So how would you describe the mission of the Wall Street Blockchain Alliance? Sure. It's a good question. So the the Wall Street Blockchain Alliance is a 501c6 not-for-profit trade association. We are headquartered in New York. We have footprints and satellite offices in London and in Sydney. We have membership certainly across the United States, Canada, the UK, Germany, Israel, Singapore. Really, so it's a global conversation despite the name, and our overarching mission is to guide and promote what we call comprehensive adoption of both blockchain technology and crypto assets across global markets. And and if I could for a moment, it's really worth pointing out that our primary members started off being who you'd expect, banks and brokerage firms and, and hedge funds and fintech companies. But because it's such an important series of conversations, the demographic of our members have really evolved over the past three years. So for example, We have over 110 attorneys from 57 law firms around the world. We have accountants from around the world. We have CFOs. We have supply chain folks. So it really is a global conversation about the adoption of blockchain technology and crypto assets. Mm -hmm. And can you shed some more light on how and when it was founded? Sure. So the the organization launched quietly in 2015. We, we launched much more publicly in late 2015, early 2016. And it was launched in, in it's interesting, I had a conversation with some banker colleagues and some lawyer colleagues around that time frame. It was, at this point, I was in crypto assets and blockchain at least a couple of years. And around 2015, we began to really have significant conversations and realized that our, our respective business lines, our respective clients, didn't really have that trusted source that focused on the challenges of blockchain adoption and understanding crypto assets from the perspective of, of global financial markets and global marketplaces. And there's certainly no shortage of trade associations out there. We know many of them, uh, old and new, that have been in, in, in the financial market space for quite some time. But we realized that this was an opportunity to launch a trade association that was essentially agnostic. We we don't sell software. We partner with all of the major providers of software in the blockchain and financial market space. And really to operate as that, that safe organization for counterparties and colleagues and members to interact with each other as this industry grows, as the, the, the use of blockchain technology grows, and to share their thought leadership with each other. So 
that's the, the premise behind launching in 2015. And our board is from large brokerage firms, is from large banks, uh, certainly a couple of attorneys, uh, and myself coming out of financial technology. Got it. So I know that you're often a guest on Bloomberg Radio. You know, you've helped uh, edit a book as well. So I'd be curious uh, whether there are any kind of underrated podcasts, books, blogs, news sources that you'd recommend for our students to learn more. Yeah, it's, uh, that's a really important question because one of the things that we uh, often talk to our members about, and I, I'm, as you say, I'm very privileged to be on, on, on Bloomberg Radio, and I'm privileged to speak about this publicly around the world. There are certain podcasts or certain sources that we continually go to because they really do have their finger on the pulse of how blockchain technology and crypto assets are evolving in, in different marketplaces and different industry segments. So, and I'm probably forgetting the name specifically, Shayan, so, so forgive me, but Anthony Pompliano has a, has a, a po- podcast uh, called On the Chain, I believe. Yep. Um, he always does a fantastic job really describing and, and having guests that really are at the center of some of the, uh, the evolution that's happening in blockchain and crypto assets. Laura Shin as well, I believe formerly of Fortune, has a wonderful podcast also. There are, are a bunch of colleagues who publish, and again, I, I believe Substack, I think Pompliano also has a, has a blog post that he does um, via Substack, for example. And there are a bunch of other, what I would call mainstream media organizations that I've known about and, and spoken to for many years coming out of, out of financial markets. So for example, the Wall Street Journal comments and has authors uh, and publishers that re- regularly put out content. Same thing with Forbes, who has an entire uh, group dedicated to publishing content around new innovations, including crypto and blockchain and AI even. There are others, uh, obviously, for, for uh, students, I'd suggest certainly take a look at Coindesk, certainly take a look at uh, The Block, it's called, I believe, or The Block Crypto, which is published by another news and research organization in New York as well. There's quite a bit out there. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So moving on to market trends, what excites you about this space? You know, when you look at the market right now, we tend to see a lot of innovation going on. Uh, especially the last three or four months, I think. So are there any trends you're most excited about? Well, I'm really, I, I am very excited about this emergence of what, what what I will call real use cases going into production in financial markets and beyond. And it, it's funny, having, having been in this space for so long, we've often heard people say that, well, this is the year of proof of concept and next year it will, everything will be in production and so much in markets will be leveraging blockchain technology. And years would come and years would go and that wouldn't happen. I think we're very heartened by some of the developments that we're seeing, in particular, when you look at the evolution of financial instruments and the beginning parts or the beginning steps of approval by regulators for different types of blockchain implementations in financial markets. So, for example, the SEC issued a series of no-action letters for different types of token offerings that represent utility tokens. Pocketful of Quarters, interestingly enough, is another one. Paxos is another organization that just this week, I believe, really received no action relief from the Securities and Exchange Commission to launch their, their settlement platform for securities leveraging blockchain technology. And seeing that evolution happen, and it tells us really that fundamental work we were all doing several years ago is really beginning to bear fruit. And that extends beyond financial markets. So, for example, when you look at Walmart and their leveraging of IBM and Hyperledger blockchain for food provenance, uh, and, you know, when you look at the evolution of supply chain management, blockchain is making real 
change happen there in a, in a beneficial way. And there are other examples as well. So it feels like it's becoming more real. Mm-hmm. And we, it also feels like we're, we're very rapidly getting to the point where crypto assets as an asset class will be something more widely accepted within global financial markets. You know, there's some news out there. Certainly everyone knows that Fidelity is now involved and, and certain asset management firms, large organizations that we, we associate with classical Wall Street really are beginning to invest time and money and resource into crypto assets as well. Right. I'm very excited as well about, and you touched on a lot of them as well, I think that the IRS, right, coming up with their guidance post one five years. I'm also very curious to see the whole back and RSX dynamic play out in the next few as well. But I think it's a, it's a very promising space right now and we're seeing some actual action rather than just the activity around it. So what would you say the best public blockchain out there is, uh, which could be adapted for use by Wall Street or by enterprises in general? That's a bit tougher of a question for me to answer. If for no other reason than we, we, as an organization, we partner with many of the large vendor providers. And it's important to remember, most of the largest technology companies in the world, the ones that have the largest footprint of their technology stacks within global organizations are, are um, or deeply involved in blockchain development. So IBM uh, and Linux Foundation via Hyperledger, Amazon, Oracle, SAP, Microsoft, they're all deeply involved in blockchain development. So I can't weigh in on a best one, but certainly looking at the work that R3 Corda has done and their work in financial markets. And while they're a startup, they certainly have built a series of enterprise-grade platforms Again, IBM and Hyperledger and Linux Foundation seem to be very deeply ingratiated in how financial markets and global markets are building on and leveraging blockchain technology for their own particular verticals. And there are more to come, I'm sure, and then I'm sure there are some solutions providers out there that uh, have solutions that I haven't even seen yet, but there's no shortage of development there, and, and I think it'll be multiple systems interacting with each other. Sure. So moving to the Wall Street Blockchain Alliance, how can companies currently engage with you? Sure. So a couple of different ways. We, as a as a nonprofit trade association, just we don't sell software. We we don't sell events particularly. We the entirety of our operating budget, which is is focused solely on delivering value for our members and the ecosystem, comes from our our memberships, both corporately and individually. So anyone interested in joining can email info at wsba.co for any of your podcast podcast listeners who wanted to email me directly. I'm happy uh, to give them my contact information as well. And we certainly spend quite a bit of time speaking publicly and working publicly. So we meet with those large financial markets and institutions I mentioned to you, as well as regulators and legislators from around the world. And best to check out the website, www.wsba.co. And, and you'll see quite a bit of information there and certainly happy to have that conversation with anyone who's interested. Good. And for our students listening to the podcast, how can we get involved and how can we contribute to this space uh, via the Wall Street Blockchain Alliance? Sure. And that's a really important question. I'm, I'm glad you raised it. One of, the, uh, one of the priority initiatives that I've put in front of the board that we're acting on, and we've only begun to start this in the past month or two, is what we call our academic program. And we've had the privilege and opportunity to speak with many universities, certainly Wharton, others around the United States and a couple overseas as well. So with this academic program, it's focused on two things. One, it certainly 
focused on what we might broadly call student memberships. And, and while we haven't officially launched that program, we'll have a student membership tier that gets our student colleagues and members involved in the WSBA meetings, our working group meetings, our, our meetings with high-level executives from different organizations or even different regulatory bodies in New York, in Chicago, in San Francisco, and in London. And obviously, we also are looking for thought leadership. There are so many uh, students in, in schools like Wharton, for example, that are publishing thought leadership or working on thought leadership pieces. We hire interns on a regular basis throughout the year, and having that interaction with the students' bodies at different universities really keeps the conversation fresh. And ultimately, you're all going to be running your own companies or having roles at organizations that we would love to be part of the dialogue. So it's a good way to make sure we're plugged into everything everyone's doing in the student body. So again, from a student perspective around membership or engagement, info at wsba.co, and, and the team will certainly reach back out and tell you more about our academic outreach program. Sounds good. And so I know that you're a member of EEA, and I'm curious as to how WSBA interacts with the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance, you know, Chamber for Digital Commerce, and some other blockchain groups. Sure. And one of the hallmarks of the Wall Street Blockchain Alliance is our, our ability and willingness and the, the policy we essentially have around partnering with other organizations. And the logic behind that, and it's a, it's a conversation the board and I have had many times over the years, is the fact that we're not here to totally reinvent the wheel, nor to presume that we have every answer and that we should be the only trade association. So, for example, in the accounting space, we are global partners with AICPA, which is the Global Organization, the Association of International Certified Professional Accountants, which has over 700,000 members worldwide. And we really work with them to guide and promote and focus on education for the accounting professionals and auditors and, and tax preparers and CFOs around the world, understanding the impact of blockchain technology and crypto assets. In the supply chain space and the logistics and transportation space, we are partners with Blockchain and Transportation Alliance that focuses specifically on logistics and large shipping companies like Maersk and, and FedEx, for example. In law, we are partners with Clause.io and, and the Accord Project, which are really working to fundamentally reinvent legal contracts in a blockchain age. So there are many others. You mentioned the EEA and mm -hmm. R3 and IBM as well, where we partner to bring specific aspects of their technology stacks to our members, often in ways that would not be available publicly to allow them to work on specific use cases. And we found that partnership model to be very beneficial to members. And so what's one achievement that you would name from a WSB perspective that you're most proud of? Well, there are several. I think certainly the expansion of our, our member base and the, the kind of international aspect, having members in seven different countries outside of the United States is always something we're very, very proud of. And I think also we have this regular ongoing series of conversations. We're, we're not a lobbying organization at all, but certainly we understand the importance of regulation and legislation both here and around the world and the ability to represent the voice of the global financial markets and the voice of industry and our industry participants in front of these, these bodies, these regulators and these legislators is very important to us. And we certainly count that as some of our, our most important successes. The other thing I'd add to all of that is what I call cross-pollination. One of the aspects of the Wall Street Blockchain Alliance we're most proud of is our ability to allow organizations to 
interact with each other in ways that would not have been possible before. All of our members are subject to antitrust and confidentiality policies. And what that means is you can have banks working together and brokerage firms and law firms and uh, accounting practices all working together to evolve their collective industries and their collective professions. And they do that through publications and seminars and uh, continuing education and, and beyond. And they're doing that all under the umbrella and rubric of the WSBA. And we're very, very proud of uh, their ability to do that. That's really great. And I think you really fulfill a niche in the industry, you know, by choosing not to be a lobbying group and choosing, you know, not to pick winners and losers for a certain type of blockchain, you know, not to sell enterprise software. I think that there is definitely a need for that in the market right now. And just to wrap up, what are you most excited about looking ahead to 2020? So I personally am very excited about a couple of things. One is, and I, I know it's Wall Street Blockchain Alliance, but again, because it, it impacts so many different aspects of the global marketplace, I'm really excited to see that continued expansion of, of blockchain capability in, in supply chain, particularly global food supply chain. When you look at the challenges and, and ultimately the financial impact of tracking provenance of food and things like whether or not food is truly organic or, or sustainably harvested or uh, even even issues like contaminated food that is being minimized. There's real human impact there and real global financial impact there. And we're really excited to see some of the developments that are happening in that space. We're also very excited to see the broader, what we believe is acceptance, again, from those legislators and regulators that we're probably looking at the emergence of a new asset class or an asset class that's important enough to be taken very seriously. So I know we've been saying this for years, but I, I suspect and am hopeful that perhaps an exchange traded fund will be available that is based on crypto assets will be available in 2020 as well. And always lastly, the, the interaction of different innovations. Blockchain doesn't live in a silo. So when you think about blockchain and artificial intelligence or blockchain and machine learning, or even blockchain, and we can have very complicated conversations about quantum computing in the future. Those are all important innovations. And in my mind, blockchain will be one of the fundamental layers and, and foundations of all of that evolution. Thanks. Thanks so much. That That's a very interesting future ahead, I guess. Thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate your taking the time and hope to see you again. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Sounds good. Thank you.